Section 8 of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty Chris and Cheyenne Donnell. Music by Marty Chris. A Travel Donkey by Bert Leston Taylor. But Buddy got no farther. The sound of music came to her ears, and she stopped to listen. The music was faint and sweet, with the sightful quality of an Aeolian harp. Now it seemed near, now far. What can it be? said Buddy. Wait here and I'll find out, said Snowfeathers. He darted away and returned before you could count fifty. A traveling musician, he reported. Come along, it's only a little way. Back he flew with Buddy scrambling after. A few yards brought her to a little open place, and here was the queerest sight she had yet seen in this queer wood. On a bank of reindeer moss at the foot of a great white birch, a mouse-colored donkey sat playing a lute. Over his head, hanging from a bit of bark, was the sign, While you wait, old saws reset. After the many strange things that Buddy had come upon in Queerwood, nothing could surprise her very much. Besides, as she never before had seen a donkey, or a lute, or the combination of a donkey and lute, it did not strike her as especially remarkable that the musician should be holding his instrument upside down and sweeping the strings with one of his long ears, which he was able to wave without moving his head a jot. And this it was that gave to the music its soft and furry purry quality. The donkey greeted Buddy with a careless nod, and remarked as if anticipating a comment he had heard many times. Oh, yes, I play everything by ear. Please keep on playing, said Buddy, taking a seat on another clump of reindeer moss. I intend to, said the donkey, and the random chords changed to a crooning melody, which wonderfully pleased Buddy, whose opportunities to hear music were sadly few. As for the white blackbird, he tucked his little head under his wing and went fast asleep. Well, what do you think of it? asked the donkey, putting down the lute. Very nice, sir, answered Buddy enthusiastically, though she added to herself, the idea of saying sir to an animal. Would you please tell me your name? she requested. The donkey pawed open a saddlebag, drew forth with his teeth a card, and presented it to Buddy, who spelled out the following. Professor Bray, tenore baritonale, teacher of singing, all methods, concerts, and recitals. While Buddy was reading this, the donkey again picked up his instrument and thrummed the strings. Did you ever see a donkey play a lute? said he. That's an old saw he added. I never saw a donkey before. You haven't traveled much, said the other. The world is full of them. This is the farthest I've ever been from home, confessed Buddy, feeling very insignificant indeed. And how far can that be? Buddy couldn't tell exactly. But it can't be a great way, she said. I live in the log house by the lake. Pooh, said Donkey. That's no distance at all. Buddy shrank another inch or two. I am a great traveler myself. All donkeys travel that can. If a donkey travels, you know, he may come home a horse. And to become a horse is, of course, the ambition of every donkey. Is it? Was all Buddy could think of to remark. What could she say that would interest a globetrotter? Perhaps you have an old saw you'd like reset, 
suggested the donkey, still thrumming the lute strings. Buddy thought a moment. There's an old saw hanging up in our woodshed. She began, but got no farther. Ee-haw, ee-haw, laughed the donkey. Thistles and cactus, but that's rich. And he hee-hawed until the tears ran down his nose. Poor Buddy, who knew she was being laughed at but didn't know why, began to feel very much like crying and wished she might run away. Excuse the tears, said the donkey at last, recovering his family gravity. Didn't you ever hear the saying, A burnt child dreads the fire? Buddy nodded and plucked up her spirits. Well, that's an old saw, and you must have heard that other very old saw. No use crying over spilt milk. Another nod from Buddy. Here's my setting of that said the donkey, and after a few introductory chords, he sang. Oh, why do you cry, my pretty little maid, with a boo-hoo-hoo and a hey-ho? I spilled my milk, kind sir, she said, and the cat said me, oh my, oh. No use to cry, my pretty little maid, with a boo-hoo-hoo and a hey-ho. But what shall I do, kind sir, she said, and the cat said me, oh my, oh. Why dry your eyes, my pretty little maid, with a boo-hoo-hoo and a hey-ho. Oh, thank you, thank you, sir, she said, and the cat said, me, oh, my, oh. How do you like my voice? asked the donkey in a tone that said very plainly, if you don't like it, you're no judge of singing. Buddy did not at once reply. A professional critic would have said, and enjoy saying, that the voice was of the hit-or-miss variety, that it was pitched too high, all donkeys make that mistake, that it was harsh, rasping, and unsympathetic, and that altogether the performance was not convincing. Now, little one, although Buddy was not a professional critic, and neither knew how to wound or enjoyed wounding, even she found the donkey's voice harsh but she did not wish to hurt his feelings. For donkeys have feelings, in spite of a popular opinion to the contrary. And, after all, it was pretty good singing for a donkey. Critics should not, as they sometimes do, apply to donkeys the standards by which nightingales are judged. So Buddy was able to say, truthfully and kindly, I think you do very well, very well indeed. It was a small tribute. But the donkey was so blinded by conceit that he accepted it as the greatest compliment. I ought to do well, he said. I've studied methods enough. The more methods you try, you know, the more of a donkey you are. Oh, yes, murmured Buddy, not understanding in the least. Yes, went the donkey. I've taken the donkessi method, the sobrelia method, the thistle-fixia method. I'm afraid I don't quite know what you mean by methods, ventured Buddy. The donkey regarded her with a pitying smile. A method, 
he explained, is a way of singing ah. For example, in the thistle fixture method, which I am at present using, I fill my mouth full of thistles, stand on one leg, take in a breath three yards long, and sing ah. The only trouble with this method is that the thistles tickle your throat and make you cough. And you have to spray the vocal cords twice a day, which is considerable trouble, especially when traveling, as I always am. I should think it would be, said Buddy. Won't you sing something else? I'm a little hoarse, apologized the singer. That's what you want to be, isn't it? said Buddy, misunderstanding him. Hee-haw, <laughs> laughed the donkey. Is that a joke? I mean, my throat is hoarse. And the rest of you is donkey, cried Buddy, who could see a point as quickly as any one of her age. There's something to that, said the other thoughtfully. Now, if the hoarseness should spread... And you became hoarse all over. Why then... Why then... Think of another old saw, said the donkey, picking up the lute. No, I don't believe I can remember any more old saws, said Buddy, after racking her small brain for a minute or two. Pooh, said the donkey. They're as common as pass the butter or some more tea, please. Ever hear fair words, butter, no parsnips? Buddy shook her head. The wolf does something every day that keeps him from church on Sunday. Again, Buddy shook her head. It is hard to shave an egg? Still another shake. A miss as good as a mile. You cannot drive a windmill with a pair of bellows. Help the lame dog over the stile. A handsaw is a good thing, but not to shave with. Nothing ventured, nothing have. Well, you haven't heard much for a fact, said the donkey contemptuously as Buddy shook her head after each proverb. I'll try a few more. There's no end to them. Ever hear, when the sky falls, we shall all catch larks? Too many cooks spoil the broth? I've heard that, said Buddy eagerly. It's a wonder, returned the donkey. Well... I have a very nice setting of that, and he sang. Some said stir it fast, some said slow, some said skim it off, some said no, some said pepper, some said salt, all gave good advice, all found fault. Poor little Tommy trod it, couldn't eat it when he got it. I like that, said Buddy. Oh, and I've just thought of another old axe, I mean, saw. If it is one, don't count your chickens before they are hatched. Do you sing that? One of my best, replied the donkey, and again he sang. Thirteen eggs, said Sammy Patch, are thirteen chickens when they hatch. The hen gave a cluck, but said no more, for the hen had heard such things before. The eggs fall out from tilted pail and leave behind a yellow trail. But Sammy counting as he goes upon his fingers never knows. Oh, Sammy Patch, your arithmetic won't hatch 
a solitary chick. I like that the best, said Buddy, who knew what it was to tip over a pail of eggs and felt as sorry for Sammy Patch as if he really existed. It's one of my best, said the donkey. I don't call it my very best. Personally, I prefer look before you leap. You've heard that old saw, I dare say. No, but that doesn't matter. I shall like it just as well, replied Buddy. That doesn't follow, but this does, said the donkey. And once more he sang. A foolish frog one summer day went splashing round in careless way observed a man with large tin can, a manner most suspicious. I think I know, remarked the frog, a safer place than on this log, for when a man comes with the can, his object is malicious. Thus far the foolish frog was wise, but had he better used his eyes, he would have seen close by a lean old pike his nose a-showing. Ker-splash! The pike made just one bite. The moral I need scarce recite. Before you leap, just take a peep to see where you are going. Buddy, however, clung to her former opinion. I like Sammy Patch the best. That, rejoined the singer, is a matter of taste, as the donkey said to the horse who prefers hay to thistles. Usually the public likes the very piece the composer himself cares least about. So, wherever I go, I hear, oh, Professor, do sing us that beautiful song about Sammy Patch. And I can't poke my head inside the thistle club, but some donkey balls out. Here's Bray. Now we'll have a song. Sing a Sammy Patch, old fellow. Really? I've sung that song so many times, I'm tired of the sound of it. It must be nice to be such a favorite, said Buddy. Suppose we go up to the corner and see what's stirring, suggested the donkey with a yawn. Oh, are you going up to the corner too? cried Buddy. I am to meet the rabbit there at two o'clock. I hope it isn't late. The donkey glanced skyward. It isn't noon yet, said he. How do you tell time? inquired Buddy. By the way it flies. Time flies, you know. You can tell a great many birds that way, too. As he spoke, the donkey put his lute into one of his bags and took down his sign. You can ride if you wish, he offered graciously. Thank you, said Buddy. And leaving the white blackbird asleep on his perch, for as Buddy said, he was having such a lovely nap it would be a pity to wake him, they set off through the wood. It was bad traveling for a short distance, but presently they came out on an old log road, and along this the donkey ambled at an easy pace. On both sides grew wild flowers in wonderful abundance, but, as Buddy noticed, they were all of one kind, Enchanter's Nightshade. Buddy had also noticed when she climbed to her comfortable seat a peculiar marking on the donkey's broad back. It was bronze in color and in shape like a cross. Perhaps it's a strawberry mark, she thought. And he may not want to talk about it. But curiosity got the better of her. Oh, that, 
said the donkey, carelessly in reply to a question. That's a Victoria Cross. I served three months with the British Army in South Africa, and was decorated for gallantry in leading a charge of the Ambulance Corps. I shall have to ask you not to hang things on my neck. It's all I can do to hold up my head. Oh, excuse me, said Buddy, untying the sign, Old Saul's Reset While You Wait. Hang it around your own neck, said the donkey, and Buddy did so. I often wonder, she said, whether a horse doesn't sometimes get tired holding his head out of the end of his neck. And as for a giraffe, I don't see how he stands it. Well, a giraffe's neck runs out at a more convenient angle, said the donkey. Still, it is tiresome without a check rein. You hear a great deal about a check rein being a cruel invention, but on the contrary, it's a great blessing. Now a nose bag is a positive outrage, and the more oats it contains, the more of an imposition it is. People have the queerest ideas. End of A Travel Donkey Reading by Marty Chris and Cheyenne Donnell Music by Marty Chris